I started a lesson on Wednesday, and it was uh, called uh, The Fight, The Good Fight of Faith. To fight the good fight of faith. And I know, oh, about to sneeze, thank you, excuse me. Uh, I know that that's, uh, we, we often talk about that. We know what the soldiers, the Roman soldiers look like. And Paul wrote about all the armor and there's Bible studies and all of that. And it, they're very worthy to be done and, and understood. And yet Paul said to Timothy, thou, O man of God, flee uh, these things. And he was talking about uh, things that would sidetrack you and get you off track, uh, whether it's uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, uh, whatever you want to put in the blank there, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And then he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where you've been called and it's your you've professed that profession before many witnesses. And so I realize that we are all in a fight. Now he was writing to a young man who was pastoring and you can say, well, that's the ministers. They have to fight the good fight of faith. I think if you have been able to be blessed by receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have a target on you. You're part of the army of the Lord. You're going to have to fight a good fight of faith. And you're going to have to resist. And he then, Paul, though, was very clear. We are more than conquerors. And we realize, and I, I went through this Wednesday, and, and, and we looked at the Hebrew sum in the 11th chapter that he, the Bible uses the phrase that out of their weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in the fight. And that doesn't mean that we are, are involved in warfare and anger. He made sure that we know that we're, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, against people, but it's against spirits and spiritual warfare. In fact, he calls it the God of peace shall bruise Satan under whose feet? My feet. Everybody say my feet. And I don't want that. I mean, I would rather the Lord, you know, the Lord has power, just wipe them out. Don't, don't, I don't need to fight them. I don't need to get in hand-to-hand -hand combat. I don't need them to be right up close and personal in my house. But what he said is that, let me tell you how the Lord is going to bruise Satan's head under my feet. And so when I am able to worship and praise and march around the church and, and, and have a song in my heart and a praise on my lips, whenever a spirit of, of, of despondency or fear or anger or frustration or whatever, I, what am I doing? I am walking on the head of Satan saying, I want you to know you thought that last report was going to do me in, but I'm here to tell you, I'm still praising the Lord. And he goes on, and John wrote, you know, that, that the whole purpose of the Lord was to destroy the works of the devil. And so we realize that we have this armor, we have the authority, we have the Holy Ghost, we have the name of Jesus. And the disciples, they said, you know, we have power to, to you know, cast out devils and tread on scorpions and serpents and power over all the enemy and, and you know, uh, uh, 
David wrote and Psalms, even though all of that, it's easy, you know, that we, you know, he said, teach my hands to war. I'm still going to have to fight because in the midst of all of this, uh, and, and he uses that phrase, a bow of steel is broken by my arms. And yet when you start off that Psalm, he talked about, I, I'm feeling overwhelmed. The sorrows of death have compassed me. Uh, you're my shield, my buckler, my high tower. And I went through this Wednesday and yet he reaches the point where he says, Lord, teach me to fight. Teach me, Lord, to pull back the bow. Give me strength to fight another fight. And that's where we all are is that, you know, I'm going to, and he ends that song by saying, I give thanks unto thee. I sing praises. I sing deliverance. And we talked about that Wednesday night. And yet here we know that um, obviously the devil knows who we are. He knew who the son of God was. In fact, the devils believe in one Lord and testify, know it. They tremble at the sound of his name. And whenever the Lord went to the Gergesenes, he was there. The demons came and said, thou Jesus, thou son of God, why have you come to torment us? <clears throat> Listen, you don't realize it, but when you praise God when you shouldn't be praising God you are tormenting the devil just being on the same place as people that are tormented you're tormenting them you go I don't understand why that person I've never done anything to them I don't know what spirit they have but if they've got one of these spirits just you being there with a smile on your face and with a you say, well, I don't understand. I, I've tried to be nice. You know what? And that's part of the problem. You've tried to be nice. They're not used to that. And the spirits inside of them don't like it. The fact that you're feeling freedom and you're feeling the peace of God and you're feeling the presence and power of God and that you can say, you know what? Yeah, I'm battling, but the Lord is still good. And the fact that you can say that is bruising the head of Satan. And he said, you know, he's that have called to be my disciples. He called, he gave them power, and he gave them power to cast out. And I went through this list so many times where they were able to cast out spirits and power and authority over the devil. And, you know, yet in Revelation, he goes, I wish you were cold or hot because you're lukewarm. Uh, you know, when, when, and we've seen it. We have all seen it when somebody that has never felt what we felt, never been raised in church, never, never maybe had the experience as we have and anybody know what I'm talking about and all of a sudden they come in and they're the first ones in the altar dancing shouting just like this morning huh Whew. and the report is I, I, man I can't sit here I feel something so powerful and we feel it too but you know we're kind of used to it huh and then somebody brand new comes in, man, they're, whoo, man, that's awesome. I feel, huh? Yeah. That's why he said, I wish you were cold or hot. The reason is because if you've never felt it, when you come in contact with God, yeah. you're going to go from cold to hot. But it's over time that I end up kind of getting... 
you know, yeah, I know you're shouting he can do anything when he walks in the room, but how come he hadn't answered this prayer, and how come he hadn't done this, and how come he didn't, huh? And that's when I feel a little bit of discouragement. And I read the story Wednesday, and I think this was the last slide that I got to Wednesday, was just that slide where, where Elisha, you know, the same phrase that he used when Joab's was, of course, knew what uh, Elisha had said to Elijah. And Joash says, Father, oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and comes to him. And, and uh, Elisha strengthens himself, says, shoot the bow, puts his hands on it, shoots the arrow, and now he says, hey, take these arrows and smite the ground, and Joash just kind of, you know, he didn't he didn't have a whole lot of uh, pizzazz, he was like, you know, this is the arrow of deliverance, uh, Elisha told him what it was, and yet then he didn't, he didn't fight the good fight, he didn't fight it with all of his might, he was kind of, oh, you know, that's the way it is, and yet then Elisha told him, said, you should have smote the ground five or six times, you know, and you should have done it until you beat the ends off of the feathers. Why? Because what happens is that in the midst of all of this, no matter if you're not full of faith, it's easy just to say, okay, I can do so much and then I, but we're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. We're going out shout. I don't care what anybody else says or does. The Lord is still with us. The Lord is still coming soon. The Lord is still able to perform a miracle. He's still in the room. And then I, I told the story, and it's important to remember where it's found, and that is in the book of Samuel, 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter. Everybody say chapter 11. Chapter 11, and David was, of course, told don't go out to battle and stay in, and that's when he got in trouble with Bathsheba and got in trouble with sin. And the story of that really lets us know that when you are not fighting, you are more susceptible to giving in to the flesh. Huh? That's why he said, let the weak say, I'm not saying you can't acknowledge, man, I don't feel good in my body, but you know what? In my spirit. <laughs> you know, you say, well, are you, are you on spiritual Prozac that you don't know that you've got problems? No, I, I realize I got problems, but you know what? In my spirit, I am strong. In my spirit. Woo! I, so, why? Because I'm fighting the good fight of faith. And, and then when you read what Daniel said, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now that was found by, written by a man who was in captivity. And yet he has that promise. I know what the Lord is going to do. They know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But you were just conquered. You were led into captivity. Yes, but I still believe that God is with us and God can do anything. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. And he said, for 70 years you're going to go to Babylon and then I'm going to visit you and perform my good word. And you, you know... You seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now that's, the Lord made a promise. 70 years from now, you're going to come back. 70 years. 50 years, 60 years, 65, 70 years. Time to fight. 
Let's go be militant. That's not what he said do. But the Lord woke up a king, a wicked king, by the name of Cyrus. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that king says, I was reading the book, and it says that I was going to be the guy to say, go build the city. And he said, gets Ezra, says, y'all go build the city. He's fulfilling the promise of God. Woo! Everybody say, thank the Lord. The promise is fulfilled. Read Ezra sometime. Might depress you a little bit at first. Because if the king says, you can go build the city, then I won't have any problems. <laughs> if the king says I'm delivered, then I won't have to fight this addiction. If the king says I'm healed, then the doctors will immediately agree. Not necessarily. Ezra starts recording the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms, charged me to build a house. He goes through it. I'll, I'll quickly go through it. I know this is not Bible study night. You go to the first chapter, build the house, let all the people that go to Jerusalem. Fourth chapter, and the people of the land did what? Weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them. But the king said, you're going to have to fight for the promises. That was the, that's the key. The people, even though the king said, Cyrus said, go build. Guess what? The people started coming against them, troubling them. In fact, they hired counselors against them. I've never even, that's, that's more than I've had. Nobody that I know has hired a counselor to come attack me. Frustrated their purpose. And for 20 years, 20 years, they never laid a brick. You say, but the Lord promised. And as for the fifth chapter, you know, Another prophet, Haggai, talks about him prophesying. And then they begin to build the house. They rose up, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and they started building. <laughs> and he encouraged them. He had, and I put here the words discouraged versus encouraged. You know, at some point, they finally reached a point under Nehemiah where they had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Why? Because we're going to have to fight our way through every inch of ground. It doesn't matter. Even though the Lord can promise you, you're going to have victory. You're going to have to be encouraged and fight a good fight of faith. It's not just going to come. 
the habits, the addictions, the situations don't just get up and run off. You've got to fight. The enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that spirit that is out there to destroy is not something that we just look at and it runs in a terror. Isaiah said it, and I read it this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? To preach and all the things. And notice what it said. It Because to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might receive, the, uh, that they might be called trees of righteousness. What do you mean? I'm here to tell you there is a spirit of heaviness that is gripping our world, our society. I, you know, I, 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 my phone, I got a blurb that said, you know, they're saying now, you know, it, I, it, Europe is going back into another pandemic. That America, now that it's turning cold, we're going to have another surge of the pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. Inflation is going through the roof. What are you going to do about supply chain? All the, what do you, I have plenty to be discouraged about. Much less the people that are fighting and having physical situations and what's going on. There's enough to be discouraged about. But that's where the fight of good faith is that I encourage myself as David grabbed the ephod and said I'm going to worship. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to uh, you know and, and unfortunately I, I, I put down here this last sentence. You know if there's ever a time we've got to get aggressive in our praying and eyes open and marching and being clothed with praise and we were doing it tonight. I'm not. This is not a thing that we haven't done it. I'm not mad at anybody but this is the Hour, that we're going to have to fight with everything within us because it's the fight of good faith and when the Lord comes back he said I want to find one element I'm looking for I'm not looking for those that are holy I'm not looking for those I want to find is there faith is there somebody that's going to keep saying Lord I don't know when you're going to do it I don't know how you're going to do it I don't even know if you're going to do it but I know you are able to do it I know you are able to do it that's why, and I read this morning, and uh, rather I mentioned about, uh, read this morning about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, being fully persuaded that what God was promised, he is able to perform. So at some point, you've got to get your eyes off of your own circumstances, and you've got to begin to realize, you know what? I know what the doctors say. I know what something else said, but I'm going to, against hope, believe in hope. Against all of, you know, I'm not saying check yourself out against medical advice. I'm not saying refuse treatment. But what I'm saying is keep your hope. Keep yourself encouraged. Keep yourself believing. God is still able. God is still able. God is still able. He is able to do what he said he was going to do. Yes. And that's where, of course, as we read, and we read it before a few weeks ago where Jesus told the parable of the unjust judge and nobody likes that parable because you're thinking in terms of, you know, the Lord is not an unjust judge, but Jesus told them and he opened the parable by saying this, men ought always to pray and not to, not to give up, not to lose heart. Why? 
because in this hour, if there was ever a moment and a time, and, and he said in Isaiah, the 42nd chapter, behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall not fail nor be discouraged. When you get into the spirit of the Lord, you know what I'm talking about. It's us here on Sunday night. Everybody knows we got a lot to pray for. We don't have a lot of visitors here tonight. But when you get into a church service like we had tonight, like we had this morning, yeah. I'm not discouraged. No. Right. I come out of there and I feel like, okay, bring them on. Yeah. I can run through a troop, leap over a wall. And then, you know, oh, there's a pain in my side. Oh, my hip. Oh, my huh? And by Monday, when I don't feel good, then I'm a little more discouraged. But whom the Spirit of the Lord is upon, <laughs> I don't believe, you know, I, 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 what am I saying? I'm still saying that, you know, do I realize what the devil, Daniel said it, that the enemy's job is to wear out the saints of the Most High and to change times and laws? And I mentioned this morning in Revelation it says it in the sixth chapter, but it's 58 times in the Bible that I found. It says, how long, O Lord, how long? And we've all been there. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. You know, and we had a great service Sunday morning, Sunday night, prayed, hallelujah, and then Monday comes. And then your heart, you're emotionally, you're drained. Huh? Yeah. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. It's just us. I know. We're, I'm, I'm hallelujah. Let me tell you, sometimes you're not fighting exactly the same fight. It might be the same physical sy symptoms, but sometimes it's not always the same fight. Right. Remember I told you 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, David didn't go to battle. In the 21st chapter, after Absalom, after all of that, he now goes to battle. He goes to battle in chapter 21. And what happens? Some of you may remember it. It's part of history. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war against Israel, and David went down, and his servants with him, and he fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. Now he's much older. And he ran out of steam. And yet he had servants with him. That's why the house of the Lord and the people of God become so important. That you know somebody's praying with you. You know somebody. And Ish Bibinob. Remember? Y'all studied about Ish Bibinob in the Bible, right? He was Goliath. 
was the son of the giant. And he came to fight David. And the Bible says, tells all about his size, and he thought he had killed David. He beat him so badly. But that's when Abishai stepped up, grabbed his arm, said, David, I'll help you fight this. And he killed Ishbibinah. Guess what? Goliath had three sons. And you'll read in these next few verses. Go ahead. You, you can switch it to the next slide. I don't know. Four relatives of Goliath, three sons and one of Goliath's brothers were killed at the end of that chapter. Sometime, Goliath, we've already killed Goliath. We've cut his head off. We've waved it around. Woo, I'm 17 years old. I'm, I'm whipping this dude. I don't even need but a slingshot. Woo! Huh? Forty years later, fifty years later, here it comes again. <laughs> and now he's got a couple brothers and an uncle. And now they're coming after me again. Let me tell you something. You may feel like, you know, I, I'm just fighting the same fight. No, mainly it's probably the enemy. It's one spirit after another. Why, huh? What are you saying? Here it is, you know, in Judges, the sixth chapter, and I mentioned it this morning about Gideon and his army, and he was in a wine press, and he was hiding from, you know, the Midianites, and they have, they've done wrong, and they've sinned, and the Lord sent a prophet and told them all that they've done, and yet that, they said, mighty man of valor. I want to tell you why, because God sees us as who we are able to, what we are able to become and do, and when you realize that, guess what, he he goes and he says, God, go in the might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Haven't I sent you? And Gideon says, how am I going to do it? And the Lord said, well, I mean, and Gideon comes up with a fleece and I'll lay this here and burn offering and all of this. And you know what he called the altar? Jehovah Shalom, God of peace. Mm. Gideon's father's name was Joash, and I know. And Gideon got the idea that, you know what, I ought to go cut down this grove that's for Baal or Baal and build an altar and tear down that altar. And the people got mad at what Gideon did. All the local people around there got mad that Gideon was doing his best to do right
You know, sometimes your own family may not like it when you're going to serve God, love God, worship God, regardless. They got mad and they went to Joash and they said, you know, can't you control your son? You know, can't you control him? And let me go here to the slide, I'll show you. They basically said, bring him out because we want to kill him. He's cut down the grove. And here's what Joash asked. Are you going to plead? Are you going to plead the case for Baal? If tearing down that grove made the devil mad, are you going to defend the devil? And say, you know, don't kick any, don't kick any sand on him. That way he won't. Well, you've either done wrong or you've done right. And we're going to fix it if you've done, you know, if you've bothered the devil, if the reason we're having all the sickness and we're battling all this is because we've made the devil mad, well, you know, let's just fold our hands and not make the devil mad. He said, will you plead for him? Let him be put to death while it's morning. If he be a God, let him plead for himself because he's cast down, somebody's thrown down his altar. So do you know what they renamed Gideon? Jerubal. Instead of Gideon, he became guy who fights Baal. I pray that our name is changed from child of God to devil attacker. Let Baal plead against him because he threw down Baal's and we know the story. He went from 32,000. I mentioned it this morning. 10% would be 3,200. And then 1% would be 320 to less than 1%. But he went with an army of 300 that had a light, a pitcher, and a sword, and a trumpet. And they said, we're going to go and keep praising God. We're going to break the camera, the, the pitcher, and let the light out. Why? Because at some point, we want the enemy to know we're on the offensive we're attacking the very gates of hell the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church I don't care how many bad reports we get greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world God is still greater now I know and I mentioned this morning for such a time as this and here we are Esther and have an appointment, Psalms 102. My wife was gonna preach about 103 today and I told her I'm gonna preach, you'd save that for another time. 
She preached in Illinois, turned them upside down, inside out, wrong side. I don't know when, but hallelujah. You know, here in 102 it says, the time, a set time is come. And let me read that and then, then we'll stop. I, I know it's 6.15. He says, my days are like a shadow that declineth. I'm withered like grass. O Lord, shall you endure forever. Thy remembrance to all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. For the servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth. Thy glory, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. We will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come. The people shall be created, shall praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary from heaven. Did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and praise in Jerusalem when the people are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord? I went in and I, and I said this. The only thing that will establish our appointment is to allow disappointment to discourage us in our fight of faith. We have an appointment as the people of God to bring down every spirit that the enemy would come and bring against the church against the people, against the people of God. And it might be Goliath, and it might be one of his sons, and it might be his brother. But I'm here to tell you the Lord wants to put him under our feet, under our feet, under our feet. And so when you come in and you're carrying a load and you feel so discouraged and you feel overrun, if you will take that spirit off, throw it on the ground and say I may not be able to step high but I can put my foot on your head you're not going to stop my praise you're not going to stop my worship I have been appointed I have been appointed I have a purpose devil you thought you could send that spirit and it would stop my praise sorry not going to happen. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to worship. You thought that? You thought that report? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm putting that one. I'm still going to. For such a time as this, because at some point when the Lord returns and somebody stands before the white throne judgment and says, Lord, I, I would have served you, but you don't understand. I, I got sick and I didn't get healed immediately. And I asked you and you didn't do it. And I just lost faith. Lord's going to say, hey, Brother Tracy, come here. Brother Tim, come here. 
my children. Hey, Sister Denise, Brother Gators, come here. Oh, but if my, if my family wouldn't have died and I prayed. Hey, Leslie, come here. What? That same spirit attacked me, but I put my foot on it. That same spirit got me, but I put my foot on it. And I said, greater is he that's it. prayer. If you're not there, that's been the lifeline of our church. But all the way back in Genesis, the third chapter, said, I'm going to put hatred against you, Eve, and the devil. Now that passed down to all of us. And between your seed and her seed. And it shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And we know that's a prophecy about Jesus. But when we as the children of God worship when we don't feel like it, when we don't, when we're fighting discouragement and we're fighting disappointment and when we praise God, and when we keep holding our hands up and keep fighting the good fight of faith, you know what? That makes the devil so mad. It's like putting your foot on his head and saying, I'm here to tell you, you thought that last spirit, you thought that last report would do me in, but you got another thing you got to remember. Ah, oh, one day Jesus went to Calvary and I'm here to tell you, I'm still fighting. I'm going to fight till I take my last breath that's why Paul said to Timothy, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've fought a 